0: Hey y'all, welcome to the Nougat Bell Podcast, all about stories of the South straight from the sources. I'm your host, Kate Robertson, and I'm based in the scenic city of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Join me and my guests as we talk about all things Chattanooga, life in the South and beyond. Now pour yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of sweet tea and join us. We're so glad you're here. welcome back to the Nuga Bell podcast. I am here with my friend Cody Harris, who is a soulful Americana singer-songwriter and bona fide local Chattanoogan. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. So what's your story?
1: Um, what is my story? Um, I, loaded question, I know. <laughs> it is a loaded question. I grew up in Chattanooga. Um, I've always been into music, probably. I think I wanted to play music since I was probably about 10 years old and I started learning how to get, actually that's not true. I wanted to play music and sing since I was probably five, as long as I can remember pretty much. Um, Around 10 years old I started learning how to play guitar. I uh, just kind of went from there and started writing songs as soon as I could put four chords together and and then just kind of just kind of kept doing it and it's just kind of played a major part in my life and I've had probably more more jobs than you can imagine, and and picked up multiple skills that I never thought I would have based on that, kind of all because music plays that central role in my life, and um, no matter how many times I try to get away from it, it comes back around.
0: Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. So did someone in particular get you into music, like a family member, or was it just something you gravitated towards?
1: I think it was more about the fact that I was always around music. My family, um, I have these distant memories of my mom playing piano in an upright, old upright piano that was my um, family's. I actually don't know where she got that piano, but I, I, I think it's, I think it's from grandparents or relatives of some sort. And she would play and um, play music around me, you know, classic rock, things like that. Um, my grandmother played country. And um, I know that I found as I got older that my grandparents um, were actually musicians and played in the grand Ole opry and oh then, that's cool yeah and then on the, my dad's side my grandfather played mandolin in a bluegrass band and played on the radio during the war and stuff like all this crazy stuff so it comes i come from a, a long line of musicians and I, I didn't know before i got into music about that so it's kind of strange that's cool though yeah and that's it's weird how it works out like that
0: yeah that's that's a really cool bloodline to have though
1: sure yeah i should not take a sip of beer when i'm trying to answer <laughs> that's
0: okay. So outside of family, what would you consider some of your musical inspiration? Like other famous artists, or like who do you listen to the most when you're looking for inspiration?
1: That's that's a good question. I don't I don't really know where I don't know if I go searching for inspiration. I I listen to as much music from as many genres as I can as often as possible, um, and the I think the world of of streaming music has helped with that a lot because I don't have to spend all of my money on music if I'm going to buy it legally, which especially when I was younger, I, I didn't do that. I downloaded it. <laughs> Did
0: anyone. <it>.
1: are <laughs> right. Um, and so it's kind of nice to do it all legally now um, and be able to get as much music as, I, as, as one could ever want in a day. Um, I don't know if I have... I have a few artists on my list that frequent my playlist very often, and I would say some of those are... Um, David Ramirez, always a um, go-to for me, um, and... I think I found out about him primarily because people kept telling me that I sounded like him. And so I was like, okay, I'll check him out. And then we do sound a lot alike. And it's very strange, but he's a much better writer than me. So I think lyrically I go to him for inspiration a lot. And maybe not necessarily inspiration, but I go to him for um, encouragement that I have um, a better writer inside trying to get out all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm always trying to access that. And Foy Vance is another writer that I love to listen to. He's an Irishman out of of Ireland. <laughs> awesome. So yeah.
0: Um, so you told me earlier that you fall into the soulful Americana genre. How did you land in that genre? Is that just what you felt comfortable playing? Is what you enjoy?
1: Um, yeah, I would say that I, growing up, I always thought that old country, you know, you look back at, um, you know, Waylon Jennings, or Johnny Cash, or, you know, um, a lot of those older country writers, you find a lot of the like earthy authenticity in it, right? And so it makes you feel things that music nowadays doesn't really make you feel. And I always kind of gravitated towards that. But I was never quite a country singer or a country writer. And so I kind of leaned into Americana. But then outside of that, my voice just tends to be more soulful naturally. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't know where <laughs> that comes from. But so, yeah, I, I've kind of blended the two just kind of naturally. It wasn't really intentional.
0: Yeah, I think it works for you. Well, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. All right, we're going to play with my jar now. Um, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know what the jar is. But for new listeners, this is my mason jar filled with colorful pieces of paper and fun little questions and things for us to talk about. So we'll each draw a few, and we can talk about each other. Okay. So I'll kick us off. What's on your bar cart? My what? Bar cart. Like... What? Alcohol.
1: Oh, bar cart. Yes. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, oh. my bar cart is currently under construction. I now have a bar shelf.
1: It's a nice shelf, though.
0: It's I love it. It was a great find at a local antique store. It's made out of whiskey barrels. Um, but I have a couple of wines. I prefer red, but I have white there because I'm working on a winter white sangria recipe. I always, always have bourbon. And right now I've got a little bit of rum, vodka, and I guess... Uh, on no, no, a triple sec that's yeah. what it's
1: called um i answer too right yes. we're gonna do okay um so what i have right now is um i have a few whiskeys i have a um a bottle of whistle pig old world which I, I love it's very good um i have a bottle of weller special um i think i have a little bit of bullet left um
0: and, Bullet's usually a safe one
1: yeah and eh taylor small batch another really good one i love um and then a secret, um, special one that I a lot of people kind of overlook, I think, is um, I have a very old Barton bottled and bond, hundred proof, nice, super cheap. It's like a huge one point seven five, it's twenty three ninety nine. It's super cheap, wow, but really good, really great for mixing. Um, so I, I recommend that one to everyone.
0: What's it called again?
1: Very old Barton. Okay. But make sure you get the white label, uh, bottled and bond. That's the best one. That's, I'll have the to other look ones, for it. You know, yeah, it's good. Um, outside of that, I have a few wines. I have some uh, Italian wines, some Chianti's, and uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I work in a wine store, so I, oh,
0: I, nice. I, I'm always getting things. Oh, Yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> All right, pick one for us. All right,
1: oh, let's go with this one. You picked a blue one, I'll pick a green one. One of my family's holiday traditions is, hmm. You know, growing up, my family's tradition, and I think it was just because they didn't have the patience to wait, is um, <laughs> we would open Christmas presents a week or, week early.
0: A week early? So, or,
1: well, it was never just a des- designated time. It was a surprise. One day, they would just wake up and go, we're opening presents.
0: Oh, okay. And it
1: was, it always, our, our lifestyle kind of lended itself to that anyway, because um, my brother and I were homeschooled, so we could do that. And it was, it was fine. And that tradition is going to probably play itself out that this year as well because not necessarily because we're planning on it, but because my brother now lives across the country, so he'll be here a specific time. And even on Thanksgiving, my dad has to work, so we'll all be getting together the day before. So that's mm-hmm. it's a weird tradition that wasn't ever meant to be a tradition, but we never celebrate on the day
0: of. So Interesting. Kind of, kind of weird, yeah. That's the first time I've ever heard of someone doing that. Really? Yeah
1: yeah we're i've weird. always
0: heard well i've always heard of opening like one present on christmas eve
1: right yeah but
0: never a full week that's interesting
1: and i think my mom tried to do that one once too like the opening a present on christmas eve and they'd pick one but then it ended up just being all of them <laughs> <laughs>
0: well you can't open just one right
1: exactly and i think they would just get too excited my parents are major gift givers so oh, okay. they, they couldn't wait
0: gotcha yeah Um, I would say, I've mentioned this in a couple of episodes, so I'm going to try to think of something different. So growing up, when my dad was still working in a big office, my mom would make a lot of cookies and candies to take to dad's office parties or dinners or anything. And as I got older, we didn't really make them for my dad's work as much. We made them for us and to give his friends, or to give two friends. So I remember... Especially when I was in high school, just my mom and I spending an entire day just making truffles, candies, meringue cookies, all kinds of other cookies you can imagine. And that's something that I've started doing on my own as well. So as soon as I get back from Thanksgiving, the candy making starts.
1: Okay. That explains all of your snacks you always have for everyone. Yes, it does. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's awesome. I experiment a lot, but I also have tried and true. Uh, Personal favorite is Kahlua truffles.
1: Ooh, okay. Yeah, that would be interesting. It's kind of like uh, tropical truffles, I guess, kind of or no, Kalu is coffee. I'm thinking of something else completely. Like right? That's what I'm thinking of like it'd yeah. be like a chocolate covered like coffee. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Or Bailey's. Bailey's is also good.
1: Oh um, yeah, yeah, that would be good.
2: Cool.
0: Yeah. Um, All right, let's go pink here. My go to drink or cocktail. Mint julep or old fashioned. One thousand percent.
1: Ah, oh, see, now this is going to be boring because I would say an old fashioned too. I would say that I've come around to, oh man, my, my friend is going to kill me if he hears this and, and knows that I don't know the name of it. He's been making them for me lately. I want to say Negronis, but I can't, I can't remember exactly what he puts in it. But I've, I any kind of cocktail, I've always despised anything with chartreuse or anything that's even remotely like super thick and syrupy and yeah. strong and almost licoricey because I hate gl- licorice. Or Glow's. Glow's?
0: Like it's really bright colored. Oh. Because yeah. chartreuse is just
1: Right. It just looks it looks like abs like almost like Absinthe or something. And I've always hated that, but I've I've had some really good um cocktails lately that has that in it that I'm kind of coming around to and have started craving it lately. Kind of like when you first get into an IPA, like
0: you hate <laughs> it for the
1: longest time and then you start craving it. Yep. It's kind of how it's been for me. But my 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 tried and true is always gonna be an old fashioned or just whiskey neat. Mm-hmm.
0: You <laughs> can't, can't go can't wrong it. with an old fashioned. Right, it's true. It, yes. All right, go for it.
2: Um, do I'll do bloody.
1: One concert I'd pay lots of money to see is oh man, um, I, I have a name coming to mind very quickly, and but it's kind of, I, I my it's 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 such a cliche band I think, but uh, one band that I've never seen live that when I was growing up I always wanted to see was Coldplay, but growing up and 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 realizing a lot of things about them live now i'm not so sure because they don't they're not they doesn't sing very well live and i've heard that and their music is not as good as it used to be you know what i mean so yeah. like that's but that's the first band when i was younger i would love to see anything from Coldplay, x and y album before and before i would see that Coldplay, i would pay a lot of money to see that yeah <laughs>
2: Yeah,
0: i can't think of anything else what about you uh so i actually had this in my last episode but i last time i said garth brooks but for the sake of seeing someone new, um, I have seen this person before, but it was a long time ago, and I would pay so much money to see him again. Keith Urban.
1: Keith Urban, really?
0: I love Keith Urban. He's so talented, and that show of his that I saw ten years ago—yeah, ten years ago—was one of the best shows I've ever seen.
1: Wow. That's He's awesome. just
0: electric.
1: Yeah, just really stuck with you, I guess. Yes. That's awesome. I, I've seen a lot of shows this past year. I've seen more show live shows this past year than I've probably ever seen before, like mm-hmm. to, all together, together, which is kind of crazy. Being a musician, you'd think I'd want to go to as many live shows as possible, but I, I haven't historically, but this year I've seen a lot and I was able to knock a bunch of bands off of my bucket list this year that I got to see. So, you know, I went to Moon River Festival, which was amazing.
0: Oh, nice. And, I missed that one.
1: It was, it was the most put together festival I've ever seen. I've played in festivals. I've seen a lot of them behind the scenes and it was really good. It was a good I thing for Chattanooga.
0: did not hear a single negative thing about Moon River.
1: Yeah, it was amazing.
0: I think the most negative thing I heard about it was it sold out too fast.
1: <laughs> right. Which I mean, is not a bad thing. I think, you know, I think a lot of the I heard rumors yeah. that a lot of the businesses on Frasier weren't too happy about it because it kind of disrupted everything, but, mm. I mean, but, man, it was such a good thing for Chattanooga. We I mean, needed it so bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, we really did. I mean, no disrespect to Riverbend, but... I'll um, allow disrespect to Riverbend. <laughs> I'm not um, a huge fan. <laughs> I like that Moon River had an identity.
1: hmm It did, and, the, the, I mean, everything from the decor, every the way that they just remade Coolidge Park, I mean... I kept forgetting I was in Coolidge Park, which I loved so much. It was like I was in another city experiencing a whole other thing. I mean, all of the vendors weren't local from what I understand, which I also loved because, I mean, a lot of Chattanooga is that there's a lot of niche things, right? For Chattanooga, there's the same restaurants and the same drinks and the same things. And it was really nice to, they had local beer, but you know, it's really nice to try a bunch of different things and experience music that we don't usually have here
2: so
0: yeah um one of the things i did hear about moon river was that people were disappointed that there weren't like local musicians in there but it was you know its first year do you think they'll start reaching out to like local musicians maybe next year or the year after once it's been established a little bit more
1: i don't know i mean i think that would be a good thing i think i mean if they do it right you know and I, i don't know how they would do that you know because I mean, we have all of these, we have Nightfall and like Road mm-hmm. to Nightfall and how that all goes. And it's a big, I, I assume it's a big hit. It seems like a big hit in Chattanooga, but at the same time, for a long time, it's, it's been kind of like the same old thing in Chattanooga. And I feel like, you know, if we're going to have local musicians play, I want it to be in line with what what they do. I don't know if Moon River would ever do that because it's, I. from what I understand, it's all of Drew Holcomb's label that's
0: right artists
1: and friends basically and gotcha. so it's kind of his brand and um which I mean he's semi-local he's from Knoxville so yeah I don't know and, and because of that I liked it the most mm-hmm. you know I'm not sure no disrespect to the local musicians around here I am one but I, I'm not sure I would have enjoyed it as much if they were a local musician because gotcha. I mean Riverbend has that Nightfall has everybody mm-hmm. has that it was nice to have something new
0: gotcha lends itself to a nice conversation we'll have later right yeah <laughs> all right let's do one more each Cool. I'll do an orange one. The most beautiful thing about Chattanooga is, well, since it's fall and everything around here is beautiful, I will say the fall colors. I finally got to go on a hike this past weekend up on lookout and really get in to the woods with like all the leaves and everything around me. And I just couldn't look down. I was just like, this Mm -hmm. is so pretty. I love colors. It's like the trees are tie-dyed.
1: Right, yeah. I mean, especially in any of the overlooks, you know, it's amazing. Um, I think being from here, I take a lot of the city for granted and um, and forget how much I love the city until I'm away from it for a long time. And I lived in Nashville for a while, and uh, I think coming back, I especially the first fall that I was back, I appreciated the colors. I appreciated the, the colder, dreary weather. It just fits Chattanooga in its own way. <laughs> it I think, does. You know? <laughs> um, where it doesn't fit places like Nashville. Um, and, but at the same time, so does the sunny weather. And I think the, you know, some of the touristy stuff, the, the walking bridge and, and the, the near being near the river is really awesome. I love the outdoorsy vibe. I think that Chattanooga is still in the process of really wanting to be outdoorsy more than they actually are. Um, it's kind of like this identity thing, but, <laughs> um, but I think we're well on our way and I love outdoorsy cities, so I'm all for it. Um, I, uh, I think probably my favorite thing though is how close you can get into wilderness from the downtown area. I used to live in North Shore in Hill City and you know I, I was really close to Stringer's Ridge and that overlook in Stringer's Ridge especially at night it seems like I've never been there during the day I've always been at night which is really weird you know friends would take a flask of whiskey and we would just go sit at the overlook at night. It's and, not a bad uh,
0: way to spend a night. <laughs>
1: right. And But the thing that I realized was is it's such a unique view of the city and it feels so far away and yet you're so close, right? And so that's, that's a more unique view of the city that not a lot of people really think about a lot. But I, I love that. I love that it's like, it really is kind of situated around a bunch of, Outdoorsy wilderness things that you don't realize with the parks and overlooks and mm-hmm. hiking and all of that. So I like yeah. that a lot.
0: And I just recently moved to this side of town within the last couple of months. I used to live out in East Brainerd. Oh
1: yeah, so you were like straight up city and
0: yeah, yeah. And I'm still adjusting to the fact that living over here, I'm ten minutes from all these places, and I have no excuse to not go.
1: Right. Yeah. And being over here, right at the foot of a mountain, you know, like it, it's such a great spot and. I think part of me has always wanted to live over here in this area. It's it's a it's a hard place though. A lot of people don't want to let go
0: of their apartments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, finish this off.
1: All right. Uh, let's do this. Let's see. My favorite fall flavors are. Hmm. So. <laughs> I'm going to be real basic right now. I really love pumpkin spice.
0: <laughs> there is nothing wrong with that. I just
1: do. I had a pumpkin spice latte today. I'm, I'm, I'm going to just unashamed. Um, I, I'm not big on sweet things, so it's really hard for me to get into holiday flavors and, and stuff, But the and fall flavors, I think. But, you know, I mean, I love cinnamon and nutmeg. I just I, I just roll in it, you know? <laughs> I'll take a bath in it. I love it. Um, but, yeah, I try to, like, I, I have, like, my thing, right? So, like, pumpkin spice latte, but... I want to do like stronger espresso and maybe half the syrup. Like mm-hmm. I just want to, I just want a hint of it. You know, I just want it to. So
0: many PSLs vary. are really sweet.
1: They are. Yeah. I mean, cause I mean the average person, I mean, it's like ordering a white mocha, but saying you don't want it sweet. You know, it's like most people assume that you want it to be like this sugary delight. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I love fall flavors. I love everything about fall's always been my favorite se- season. So I think I like all of them. <laughs>
0: I would say I love pumpkin spice, um, cranberry I've been big on this mm, year. Okay. I've got a couple cranberry cocktails that I'm working on. Nice. I like maple a lot too this year,
1: Right. which yeah. is not
0: something I've really gotten into until this year, and I've been using it a lot more, and it makes such a difference.
1: Yeah, for sure, in food and in cocktails and stuff. You know, maple maple cocktails are amazing if you do it just right balance.
0: Uh, I made... Or I didn't make it. I had someone make it for me. But it was an old-fashioned with maple instead Mm -hmm. of a sugar cube.
1: Oh, yeah. It was so good. good. Yeah, with like the orange and everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool. Awesome. That was fun. Always is. Um, (laughs) And if you have a question or anything that you'd like for us to talk about in this segment, leave me a review or find me on Instagram at The New Gabelle and I'll add it to the jar. All right, so now Cody's going to play one of his songs for us. What are you going to play?
1: It's a song called All Right. Right.
0: Awesome.
2: Full of taking all the typical routes Every situation only leaves me with doubts Asking I'll say I'm alright I thought I knew what this life was about Spending all my money with my head in the clouds But every flight I take ends up getting grounded Yeah, well I guess I'm alright Everybody's doing alright Apparently, yeah Is everybody doing alright or just getting by? I gave it all but it was already done She walked away saying we were never in love Music City left me with nobody to trust But I came out of that year alright Move back to the town where I grew up I had to face the things I tried to get away from And I'm left here feeling like I'm never enough I'll lie and just say that I'm fine Everybody's doing alright Apparently everybody's doing alright Is everybody doing alright or just getting Forgotten what our faces look like, lost in a sea of. Flesh and blood, give me heart and soul. Give me all you have, I'll help you carry the load. Cause I need someone real to tell me I'm not alone. Maybe then I'll be alright. getting by mm-hmm. is everybody doing all right or just getting
0: by? oh that's beautiful thank you i love that how new is that um
1: let's see i wrote that probably uh it's probably been a beginning of the year really so it's it's new i haven't put it out yet it's not as
0: new to me gotcha yeah
1: yeah, I wrote that um actually co-wrote that one with uh Drakeford, who's another artist around town. Around I listened
0: to that today. That's what I listened to. Oh waiting? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I listened that's... to
0: that. What was the experience like working with them?
1: So well Drake's a an amazing writer anyway, and someone that I um, respect um, immensely. He's he's got a way with words that I, I it's it's been inspiring and also um, helps me to kind of raise the bar and he's helped me raise the bar a lot um and so it's it's always fun to write with him um we're hoping to actually get he just released a new album and was touring it this whole year so he's back into writing mode now so i think we're gonna start trying to write some more and i find that co-writing is it's a it's both challenging and humbling but also incredibly rewarding and and and, and just fun you know mm-hmm. if, you, if you approach it um, every idea with, you know, a loose grip, I guess, you know, and, and willing to let go of your own ego and your own ideas and just, you know, kind of throw it all on the table. It's, I think it's, it's a unique experience that I've never experienced in any other way. So.
0: Yeah. I think that's the thing a lot of creative people in general can relate to. Cause as a professional writer, I have that a lot at work. Yeah. You have to be able to like, love your ideas and like fight for it, but also like be willing to like let it change and evolve and mold it into something.
1: Right. Yeah. Knowing, knowing when to let go, I guess it's a, it's a hard decision because every idea is as is a baby waiting to be born. Right. And mm-hmm. So I mean, you love it like your child. So it's, it's definitely a challenge for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, so when you're not co-writing, uh, what's your process like from like the lyrics to the actual music?
1: Um, I I would say that it changes a lot. I, I tend to um, I, I to try to spend time as often as possible, whenever I have downtime. Just, just kind of sometimes I just sit and play for an hour, and then maybe nothing comes out of it. But I, I'll, you know, hum some melodies and kind of decide what music is making me feel. And one way or another it always leads me to an experience or a feeling or a thought or maybe a whole process. I wrote a song recently that. I sat and wrote in probably a day and a half, but I started the whole idea and came up with most of the concept in one sitting. And it was just from coming up with just sitting here playing some chords that originally I didn't feel like fit together really well, but I just kept going with it and kept trying and and really got outside the box. And it ended up being probably one of the more kind of the more unique songs that I've written Mm -hmm. out out of anything. But then it ended up leading me to the, the tension of the song made me think of the tension of life that I'm feeling in this particular moment in my life, which is, you know, why am I here? What am I contributing to the greater experience of humanity? And what am I leaving when I'm gone? You know, so this idea of legacy, and so like going up being mm-hmm. what the song's about. So, you know, I think it, it just depends. It depends mm-hmm. on what it is. Sometimes lyrics come first. I have a, and an, I use Evernote pretty much constantly for saving ideas of all types. Uh, and uh, I have a whole folder of just, random lines and and (laughs) things that I think of throughout the day and uh sometimes I'll flip through that and try to write a song but almost always it just ends up coming out of maybe those things help me get to the place that I'm going point Mm -hmm. A to point B but um it usually just kind of it's something that's just I'm mulling over in my head
0: Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah I think artists of any type are some of the most resilient people for the exact reason that you just talked about
1: yeah and and you know, you would think that we, we would be more patient. And I, I think that in general, artists aren't very patient because they always want to get to the end result as quickly as possible. And I think that's the downside, right? Like, so That's what all creatives need to learn to slow down and let something marinate and, and, and develop in its own time. And I, that's something that I've had a hard time learning and took most of my 20s to learn. <laughs> and,
0: um, <laughs> I believe that 1,000%. Yeah, and
1: I mean, if you let it, if you let it take its time, you take, its, take your time with it, it always comes out better because and you know and i find myself asking the question a lot these days you know is that the best that i can do is that the best is that the best word for that spot is that the best line for this particular verse or whatever um which is something that uh, some of my friends that are also artists um a, a guy named cody Raves, one of my best friends and and drake all of them you know they 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 started asking me that question i bring them a song idea and be like you know what do you think about this and they're like you think that's the best you can do <laughs> you know, not not in a condescending way, but like honestly asking. and I'm, Like a if,
0: challenging way. And if
1: my answer is no, then I'm not done. I have to go back to the drawing board. And I, I loved that. And so now I've gotten to a very um, strong habit of asking myself that question with anything that I'm creating. And um, it's, it's changed a lot of the way that I approach mm-hmm. making things. So, yeah.
0: yeah, I love that. So, so it, Cody's going to play another song for us. And I'm super excited to hear this one this is like super exclusive. I like it. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it, it's mostly just cause I'm, I'm sick of my old songs. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, and I guess we can kind of talk about that. Yeah. But yeah, We have, I have a thing that I'm trying to release now, but I'm already beyond those songs. So gotcha. it's taken so long to come out. So the
0: timeline of everything. Yeah.
1: So it ends up, it's always, I'm always ahead of everything. Of. <laughs>
0: All
1: right. So yeah, this is a song called uh, cosmic wasteland, which is what I was talking about. It's, song about legacy and tension
2: awesome life is a mixture In a cosmic wasteland How one become more than just a grain of sand in a cosmic wasteland? Continue onward Maybe there's nothing Or maybe it's everything
0: That is so raw and soulful and I love it.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, hey, I'm, I'm really happy yeah. with that one. I like the way that one turned out a lot. It's, I do too. i well, good. I'm glad.
0: I love that last line. Maybe it's nothing, but maybe it's everything. Yeah. I love that.
1: Yeah. I mean, how do we know, right? Yeah. So it's, I, I wanted to try to find the simplest way to express that we really have no idea <laughs> about yeah. what this life means and, and uh, what we leave after we're gone and what comes after all of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I just wanted to kind of sum it up, so.
0: And that's a great way to do it.
1: Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: So a little bit ago before you played that, you were talking about some like new projects you were talking about, but also some of your like older work. Mm -hmm. So what uh, new project are you working on?
1: So I started, I have a song called Waiting that's out now that I recorded in Nashville um, about, uh, it was around April of last year. And um, and I, I love the way it turned out. I thought it sounded great. And um, I had planned on doing a whole album with him, but it cost way more to do mm-hmm. it there and to do it with him. And I just I think that I, I I tried to dip my toes in the water and see how receptive people were with giving um, giving money towards that kind of thing with you know crowd crowdfunding crowdsourcing that kind of thing. And, and it, it just wasn't, I, I didn't, it didn't take off very, very much, which is, is a good way of kind of gauging where I was, and, and maybe that it wasn't really quite time for that, and so I didn't really take that as a failure as much as it was just kind of gauging where I was, and, and so I decided to go a little different route, and, um, I've, I've been working a lot over the last, um, year and a half or so with Dynamo Studios and in, in, in the studio, in the, uh, library, and, Um, And it's it's such a great thing, and and I so I created a whole single, which is a home, which is online now um, and out now, and it's uh I created the whole thing there in a month in four sessions with a bunch of students, and it was awesome. (laughs) And uh, and I I think that uh, that and I actually have a whole other song that's completely done. I'm just needing to finish it up a little, polish it up, and get it mixed and mastered, and then ready to go. And so instead of doing a full project, I'll probably just end up releasing those three songs together um, as another EP that's kind of a full band EP. So it's, it's kind of fun. And then just take it from there and see where we go from there.
0: That's awesome. Oh, I'm so excited to hear it.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah.
0: Uh, so one of the things that we were talking about a little bit before we started recording was the Chattanooga music scene and how it's kind of reaching like a pivotal moment. Um, yeah. Can we talk a little bit more about that? Cause the local music scene is something that I've like kind of paid attention to, but I've never been like super ingrained in it. And I'm really starting to like notice things and pick up on things a little bit more. So I'm interested to hear your perspective.
1: So I've been playing, I've been playing music around Chattanooga since I was probably 12 or 13 years old. Oh, wow. Um, and so I'll be 32 next week on Thanksgiving day. And, um. So it's been a long time, you know, we're talking going on 20 years of mm-hmm. just playing, um, you know. And I, when I was a kid, it's it almost feels like a different life and a different city to be playing in these places. I, re, I played in places like The Attic or The Bay um, for some of the, maybe the um, longtime locals might remember those places. <laughs> and, um, you know, in coffee shops around and my parents would take me to these places, Dalton Depot, like in, in, in Georgia. And like all these places that my, my parents would... You know, I'd get them to, I'd drag them out and take me to these places because I couldn't get it. I, I couldn't even drive. And so, um, and I'd go and open up for these bands and, and play. And um, and that's kind of where it all started for me. I wanted to do that forever. And, you know, and it was this amazing hope and, and, and such a, a a reception for that kind of thing, I guess, you know, and, and a, a reaction to live music that I don't feel is quite, I think a lot of people are in Chattanooga are getting kind of used to it. There's a lot of live music in Chattanooga now. Everywhere you go, somebody has live music, and um, I think because of that reason, though, it's becoming kind of spread thin in many ways. People kind of expect it; they 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 go into places, and um, it's it's just it's just the atmosphere at this mm-hmm. point. And so, it's just a different it's a different world. I think that um, Chattanooga is at a place right now where it's it's growing rapidly. We have transplants galore. You know, downtown Chattanooga is vastly different than the outskirts of Chattanooga, right? So, mm-hmm. like a whole different crowd. And um, I think that there's still a place for live music with tourism, with with um, transplants, and with people coming to Chattanooga and looking for something unique.
0: And there's, not to mention some of the like newer venues we've got too.
1: Sure, yeah, and and there's always new places opening up. And and I'm you know I'm the kind of person who I, I just I reach out. You know, as soon as I hear about a new place opening, you know, if I don't already know them, which is there's a higher chance I probably do. Chattanooga's a small town. <laughs> Um, but if I don't know them, you know, I'm finding out their email, I'm, I, you know, and I'm like, have you guys considered live music? You know, let's talk, you know, and um, I think that that's a, uh, a really important thing to do at this point is try to, trying to try to stay ahead of the curve because, you know, there's a thousand other solo artists trying to find those gigs as well. So and it's too small of a town. So I think that's something is it's becoming really saturated in ways that it wasn't so much before with people really trying to gig. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's a new thing for Chattanooga. I think over in the last 10 years or so. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I think that's, that's majorly shaped the, the direction of where it's going. And I think Chattanooga is at a place. It's at a pivotal, pivotal moment where um, the city as a whole, the venues, the bars, the places that are having live music have to kind of make that decision of how much are we going to appreciate live music and the artists that are, that are, that are performing because, you know, we can, keep undercutting and play paying people less and and you're gonna always have that we can become Nashville in that way right oh I hope um, not yeah and, and I don't want it to become that but the difference you know the difference in that too is that you know I can go up and play gigs in Nashville I'll play for a whole weekend but my tips alone are going to be way more than what most places will pay mm-hmm. for an acoustic artist and so it kind of it ends up balancing out but it probably wasn't always like that. I know a lot of people that hustle Broadway in Nashville and make nothing and they're playing for four hours for 50 bucks on a pitcher of beer. And that's just,
2: oh, gosh. you know, and
1: it's, it's, it's tough and it's not fair to any artist or musician to, as hard as they work to, you know, have to go through that life. And it's, it's always been a hard life. And in that way, mm-hmm. I guess musicians and artists are resilient, right? Artists are never in any capacity or never really fully appreciated for the work. Only a select few get to that place. So, I mean, it's always going to be a struggle. But I think Chattanooga has a unique ability right now as it's growing to try to move towards appreciating art for what it is, being such an art driven community in in the city to say, you know what, we're going to appreciate all art, you know, not just sculptures and and paintings and murals. But like, what about the artists that are playing on the corner of the street on the bridge, you know, because a lot of those people are also playing in the bars and in the clubs and sometimes opening for big bands. So Mm -hmm. you just never know. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, even earlier this summer, like, a local band opened for Jimmy Eat World. Right. Which was awesome. Yeah, who was that? Sinai Vessel.
1: Yeah, okay,
0: yeah. And that was the first time, like, I'd heard of them before, but that was the first time I'd ever listened to their music, and, like, their set was really good. Right. And And so many people I talked to afterwards were, like, didn't even know they were local. And I only knew they were local because I looked them up, like, right before the show. And then to think that, like, wow, like, this is the kind of talent we have in this city and like y'all just heard cody saying like we've got a ton of talent in this city
2: yeah
1: i mean and it's a good community i i would love to see you know there's there's um i don't know if this is the right word but factions maybe you know there's there's sects right yeah of, of the community of the music musician and artist community in, in chattanooga and i think that there's a unique ability you know there's a lot of people trying to do that i'm on the board of the chattanooga Songwriter art association awesome. and i would love nothing more than to see 2019 be the year that the CSA really tries to be a part of the Chattanooga community even more than they have been and and create a unique presence that goes along with other people that are doing a great job, like Soundcore and all these different mm-hmm. people who are trying so hard to bring the community of artists together and create something that is unified and, and stronger than just one person. And I think that's something that, that Chattanooga will have to have mm-hmm. moving forward.
0: Yeah, and Soundcore is doing a lot of good work. They have like the sidewalk stages program and then right. like all the events they do.
1: Yeah, I mean in it like it just I'm I'm all for that. More of that. Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> more
1: opportunities for people to be heard. I yes. think it's a good thing.
0: Awesome. Um so where can people go on the internet to find you and follow you and listen to more of your music?
1: You can search Cody James Harris on anywhere you listen to music um, or go to codyjamesharris.com. I I go with my whole name because I'm the first mini paid like a whole page of results if you do my whole name but that's how I made that decision um if you search Cody Harris it's like a bull rider in Texas
0: I I searched Cody Harris on Spotify at work today and it was definitely not you yeah and I searched Cody James Harris and you came up so I was like okay cool right so (laughs)
1: definitely Cody James Harris don't forget the middle name and you'll find me I think I'm the only one
0: (laughs) yeah I think you were yeah (laughs) uh what about social media
1: um same difference at cody james harris on pretty much anything you can find me on all of those things
0: cool i will plug all of that in the show notes for the episode so everyone else can go follow along
1: cool awesome
0: thank you so much cody this has been an absolute pleasure and i'm so excited to hear uh the music you put out in 2019
1: yeah me too thanks for having (laughs) me (laughs) no
0: problem this has been another episode of the new gabelle podcast thank y'all so much